Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we hope you had a great holiday season and uh, your New Year's off to a wonderful start. Figured first week of the new year, great time for a new podcast. And later on in the podcast, we have really a treat. Daniel Robertson is going to join us to talk about a wonderful charity event that he's holding this weekend for his family foundation back in California. We'll touch on how his offseason is going. And uh, we start things off as we're kind of working down the stretch of the offseason, basically beyond the midway point. And the Rays have done a lot. So here to join us to talk about you know, what has gone on and maybe what we can see going forward is Dave Wills. Dave, hope you had a great holiday season. And uh, so far, a good start to the new year. Uh, so far, so good. No complaints. And uh, happy holidays and happy new to everybody out there. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, you, you get past uh, the Christmas holiday and, uh, you know, all the, the other holidays and then you get past the new year. And you really do start thinking about uh, baseball with the bowl games uh, wrapping up, the only the championship game really left and then the east-west Frankfurt obviously is at the uh, field in a couple of weeks but uh, people are already starting to talk about baseball and uh, I'm, I'm you know again starting to get uh, really excited about uh, this 2019 race team not only because of what we did in wrapping up the 2018 season but uh, some of the acquisitions here so far and still what I think uh, is uh, to come I'm really excited by uh, the possibility of, of uh, some more additions to this team that's already very good last year but just a little little uh, you know off getting to the postseason to me the thing that i'm most excited for beyond how 18 finished is i think the addition of charlie morton in so many ways um you know i i love the fact that he's playoff experience i love the fact that he's a veteran a great clubhouse guy um and he's led the league in hit by pitches the last two years which tells me he knows how to pitch inside and that can rub off on a young group that has got to face some really good lineups in Boston and New York nearly 40 times. What do some of the young whippersnappers say nowadays, Neil? He checks all the boxes. I think uh, you know it's one of those things where the only thing that maybe makes you a little nervous is the fact that he is getting a little bit longer in the tooth at 35 years old and has spent some time on the DL. But maybe if he said, maybe I got some of that out of the way early on in my career and uh, has figured out a way to stay a little bit healthier here. Plus, uh, we all know how good our training staff is with uh, keeping guys on the field. So, you know, he, he is a, a nice addition to this team. He, you know, I, I know that you know, everybody talks about the opener when they talk about the Tampa Bay Rays, but the opener worked well, mainly because, in my opinion, the job that Blake Snell did at the top of the rotation. If Blake Snell uh-huh. doesn't have the type of the year that he had last year, which was obviously signing worthy, if he had just throw in a half a dozen sneakers where he can only last into the second or third inning, that whole opener thing blows up on us, I think. So, I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, again, Eric Deander and company have, uh, you know, we've been able to figure out how to use the opener, but by going out and getting another starter, we'll utilize the opener, I think, the way it's supposed to be. And that's maybe only once or twice through a rotation. So, you know, one of the other things you always have to be careful about is who you add. You think back to 2008, this team came within a few games of winning the World Series, and we thought, all right, we added this, this, and this to an already really, really good clubhouse to practice this and this. Thing, you know, 2009 was nowhere near as good as 2008 was. I think that uh, in talking to some coaches and talking to Kevin Cash last year towards the end of the season, if you ask Cash, you know, here's a guy who played on World Series championship teams uh, in, the, in the past, has been a coach for a couple of years under Terry Francona, I think he'd say that last year's team was about as fun and energetic as he's ever been around. And that says a lot for a guy that has a couple of World Series rings from being a player. So uh, we had to be very careful. And I think coaches were – 
also kind of wondering, all right, what are we going to do? we got a very good clubhouse. Do you take an okay player and try and find a better player? But what does that do to the dynamic? Well, so far it sounds like we've tried to get a little bit better, and we probably have gotten a little bit better on the field, but it, I don't think it's going to affect the dynamic of the clubhouse. Everything that you said about Charlie Morton is true from what we've been able to hear. A.J. Hinch raved about him. A couple other broadcasters we talked to have raved about him, and the same for another guy that we picked up in Mike Zanino. So I think uh, Eric Meander and Hein Bloom and the baseball staff have done a wonderful job so far of making sure that they add to the talent and the production on the field but don't disrupt the chemistry and everything else that's going on behind the scenes in the clubhouse because I think that was as big of a story as anything else last year. And I want to touch on Zanino a little bit too. But for me, um, you know, where Morton also helps, you mentioned – you know, adding that other starter and, and taking pressure off the opener. But I also think it takes pressure off both Blake um, and Tyler Glass now, who, I mean, this will be his first full year in a starting role, um, you know, for the Rays or for that matter at the major league level. Well, you know, again, I think Tyler did a lot of nice things, but Tyler's still learning how to pitch. And I, I think that uh, by maybe knocking Tyler down a notch to another three starter, if we uh, indeed, find, you know, decide to pencil Charlie Morton in, as the number two, isn't that bad of a thing. And uh, maybe it does take a little weight off of the shoulders of Tyler Glassman, who did a lot of nice things last year when he did come over from the Pittsburgh Pirates in the trade for Chris Archer, but also had a couple of times where he did stub his toe. And there are still a number of things that Tyler's going to work on. His command still needs much improvement. Uh, his uh, holding on the base runners and slowing down the running game still needs much improvement. So maybe by... Uh, you know, again, hanging around a guy like Charlie Morton who's been there and done that, and, you know, had some bumps in the road. Well, he was uh, trying to make his way through the Pittsburgh Pirates organization a few years ago. Might be a guy that, uh, you know, again, uh, a guy like Tyler Glasnow can lean on. I, I think that, you know, again, Charlie has said, I'm not going to come in there and become, the, you know, the second or third pitching coach. If uh, young players want to come up and talk to me, I'll be more than happy to listen and uh, help them out as much as I can. And, I think that's uh, you know that that's something that we need on this team. I thought that we had a couple of guys that were that last year in the bullpen. I, I, I'd still like to see us add another guy or two like that in the back end of our bullpen, guys who have been there and done that. But Charlie Morton will definitely be a guy that uh, Tyler Glasnow can lean on. And maybe, as you said, I, I agree, uh, take a little pressure off Tyler and just let him be himself going into next year and be a nice, you know, again, number three guy in the starting rotation that uh, on any given day, could go out there and really, really shut down the team with a lot of swing and misses. But then, as we know, too, on any other given day, you come out there and uh, that fastball and curveball combination could be a little flat and uh, can get hit a little bit, too. And you touched on it. I think what also may help him is just having Mike Zanino around. I mean, Mike's reputation for working with a pitching staff, um, the fact that he has, again, that reputation for being a great clubhouse guy, uh, being now back in his home state, uh, we saw how it worked from Alex Smith, and Alex obviously now going to Seattle in that deal. But I think it, it may help Mike Zanino, too, to be, uh, or for the first time as a, as a professional, back at home, so to speak. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Mike can bring to the table. I know we were there in uh, Seattle for one of his uh, biggest offensive games ever, but one of the reasons why, the biggest reason why, the reason after Jim Jones was because of what he does behind the plate, not so much what he does next to the plate, although, again, 20-plus homers uh, a couple of years in a row, uh, some swing and miss, but from, from you know, the things you hear, that's the beauty of, uh, like, Twitter, is you don't have to go digging into past uh, newspaper articles or start sending out uh, emails to find out what kind of guy he is. As soon as he left Seattle, all you kept on reading was uh, the people that cover the Seattle Mariners about what a great guy he was. 
and uh, what a good guy he was in the clubhouse and what a good guy he was with the media. And uh, I think that's all part of the, the, the process here when you look at this race team. I thought, you know, again, like I said, outside of 2008, last year's group was about as uh, fun to be around as uh, any group that you know I and Andy have been around since 2005 with the team. And, uh, you know, I think Eric Ander and Hein Bloom and company have made sure that they uh, didn't do too much to mess that up. So Savino's going to be a guy that, you know, knows a little bit about uh, catching some high-end uh, talent, as we know with uh, King Felix back in the day a couple of years ago and a few other guys. Also knows how to handle some young pitchers. So I'm, I'm really intrigued uh, to see what Mike does uh, for the Tampa, Rays, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, both behind the plate and next to the plate, if indeed he is one of our uh, two catchers going into 2019. I know there's been a lot of talk about a certain other catcher down the road a little bit possibly coming to the Rays, but you start looking at the numbers and you start thinking about what it might cost uh, I'd be pretty good. I'd, I'd be okay with seeing Mike Zanino behind home plate on March 20th against Houston Astros. And and don't forget that, you know, Mikey Perez, I think, did a good job, and it would make for a pretty solid tandem, at least from the early impressions we got of Mikey. And, again, it takes pressure off him because he has more of a veteran in place. Um, you know, looking forward, okay, what's next? What's last? I mean, I think something, you know, something has been slowed by the fact that you still don't have the big boys having signed. There's no Harper. There's no Machado. We know – um, they're going to end up with a big market team, whether it's New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, still to be determined, maybe even L.A. for Harper. Um, but because those guys haven't signed, there's still going to be some trickle down and some guys may be waiting to sign. Do you think bigger need from your standpoint, that or another arm for this race team going forward? Well, I, I thought, you know, going into the offseason, I would love to have added a, uh, a big thumper in the middle of the lineup. Uh, that was my number one choice. My, my three choices were, to go out there and add a thumper at the lineup, add a, 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 another starter, and then add a back-end bullpen guy. And I think that, uh, obviously, we've done that in Charlie Morton, so we've taken care of partially the, uh, the, the starter situation. I'm still kind of torn between the bat and the back-end of the bullpen guy. I'd like to see maybe another been-there-done-that guy. And talking to Kevin Cash at the end of the season, I asked him about a thumper or something about that. He said, you know what, pitching, give me more pitching, give me a starter, give me a reliever, whatever. And, you know, that's where we're built. That's the way we got better going back to 2008 and then getting to the playoffs in 10, 11, and 13. It was by run prevention. So I would like to probably see if we can add a Ben there, done that kind of guy to the bullpen. And then if there is something that works out, we can add maybe another right-handed thumper to the middle part of the lineup if that becomes available. Uh, I'd be more than happy to get it. But for me and for us going forward, it's nothing for us to get behind and catch the Red Sox and the Yankees, I think it's going to be about run prevention. We're never going to be able to match them run for run. So it's about pitching, pitching, and more pitching. I know we're going to get some guys back hopefully in June or July, but that's not a given. I mean, uh, you know, these guys are coming back from County John. So the more pitching and the more depth we can accumulate in that regard, the better off I think this team is going to be. Because it was pretty impressive that this team won 90 games last year when we were down to the ninth and 10th and 11th guys and our starting rotation or whatever you wanted to call it when we're using openers and Ryan Yarbrough and, uh, you know, and, and Yanni Chirino. So give me another couple of pitchers, and I'll, I'll be pretty, uh, pretty set going forward in 2019. Yeah, I would too. Um, you know, I, I think and, – and if they don't make additions, uh, you know, what it probably means is that they're going to give opportunities to guys like Brandon Lau and Austin Meadows at the start and maybe – whether it's Nate Lowe or Joe McCarthy, as the season goes on, they're going to give some of those young left-handed bats a chance to play if they decide to pursue a platoon bat and give those guys an opportunity to, to have a role in the lineup. 
you know, however that manages to turn out. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, you're looking at, in Lau's case, I mean, I thought he made a pretty darn good impression for a guy who basically rose from double-A to the big leagues. Yeah, I, I think, again, he, uh, you know, opened up a few eyes and, and has this uh, thinking about him. But you mentioned a guy at the beginning of the, the podcast here that uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten about, and that's Daniel Robertson. I mean, Daniel Robertson, mm-hmm. uh, before he uh, busted up his hand and, and had to miss the rest of the season on the DL, you could have made an argument that he might have been our MVP of the team right there with Blake Snell. That was even before Blake Snell took off like he did over the last six weeks of the season. So Daniel Robertson was as important as any positional player on the Rays last year, not only for what he was doing at the plate, which was pretty darn good for most for the most part, much improved over his previous year, but he was providing defensively. I mean, he was a plus defender at second base. He was a plus defender at shortstop. He had a very good defensive third base when he filled in over there. And that started to do some nice things in the outfield. So he showed the versatility and provided the Rays with a guy who can do five different things, six different things in the field. So I'm kind of anxious to see how he comes back in 2019. But, yeah, I think we've, we've found out that we've got some, some depth up the middle defensively when it comes to our middle infielders and uh, certain guys there. I think uh, everybody's intrigued to see what an Austin Meadows can do on a full-season basis. If he could stay healthy, Tommy Pham, I know there's all this stuff going on about what he said about the fans, but – you know, better left unsaid, but hopefully he can get beyond that and provide some of the pump, thump and uh, in, in power wattage that he provided uh, toward the end of last year. So, And then the other thing is keeping Kevin Kiermeyer, wrap him up the bubble wrap, do whatever we got to do to keep him on the field. But uh, there's a lot of things to, to really look forward to 2019. But for me, it starts on the mound, and then uh, it starts defensively. And all those guys we talked about, you know, uh, especially the guys on the infield, it's about run prevention. It's about being able to catch the ball when it's hit to you. And uh, Daniel Robertson was doing it as well as anybody last year on the Rays. I'm with you, and we're going to hear from Daniel in just a little bit. One one other thing I want to touch on, Dave, and that's the rest of the American League. I mean, you know, Boston still hasn't filled the role of Kimbrell or, or, or Joe Kelly, who they lost in free agency. They brought Ovaldi back. They brought Pierce back. Um, the Yankees are obviously still trying to upgrade their, their lineup or their rotation. They still haven't moved Sonny Gray. But you look at the other contenders in the American League, Houston has a number three starter right now, Colin McHugh. Um, Cleveland has lost pieces from its bullpen. I mean, you can make a strong argument that the three best teams today, and there's still a lot to be said before we get to the start of the season, the three best teams in the American League today may all be in the same division. Well, I mean, you know, again, the Red Sox, uh, they could still afford to lose a couple of players and still be a real, real good team. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of talk, there's a lot of talk about them trying to get underneath the luxury tax and uh, maybe a move or two that's still to be made. You know, the Yankees, I don't think they've done yet. Who knows what's going to happen with them. And then, obviously, yes, uh, the Rays have done some nice things, too. So, uh, this division didn't get a whole lot easier, even with the, the, you know, the Red Sox losing a couple of guys, and the Yankees still wondering what they're going to do. There's a lot of offseason left. Uh, last time I looked, what, there's still triple digits as far as free agents are available. There's still some trades that are going to be made. I mean, think about the first couple of weeks of uh, spring training last year and what the Rays did and remaking their roster. So, uh, you know, we may be past the halfway point, but uh, there's still a huge chunk of time left for both any team in Major League Baseball to make uh, some moves and make some differences. So, uh, people are already asking me, well, what do you think? How many wins are the Rays going to get in 2019? I continue to tell them, give me a good march. I'll have a better idea. It's so hard to do that right now on January 3rd when, uh, you know, rosters aren't even. So it's going to be another interesting final, uh, you know, six weeks before spring training gets started. 
who knows, uh, depending on how things go. It might even uh, take into spring training, once again, for all these rosters to really be filled out. But, yeah, the American League East is still going to be the king of the crop. And, uh, you know, who knows? There could be a, a three different teams from the American East into the postseason next year. I think, uh, as we have found out over the years, a lot of times you got to go through the AL East to do it. No doubt. Well, where I think even though it's January 3rd, we're anxious to get things going and uh, excited for what the next six weeks at least will bring before the start of spring training. Dave, thanks for a few minutes, and uh, we'll certainly talk to you soon and, and enjoy uh, the rest of the time before we begin some uh, some baseball for not-so-realsies and then the real stuff at the end of March. Yeah, it'll be here before we know. Yeah, thank you very, very much, and again, Happy New Year, everybody. We certainly appreciate Dave Wills being with us, and we mentioned uh, during that interview and at the top of the podcast that uh, Daniel Robertson has uh, a terrific event for his foundation back in his home state of California during the course of the week. And, of course, you can follow uh, D-Rob at D underscore Robertson 28 on Twitter or look at his foundation at uh, DRobFF. This is the third year they're holding a mini fan fest. Daniel's had this family foundation. Um, which you can check out at DanielRobertsonFamilyFoundation.org. Um, and, D-Rob, first of all, Happy New Year. Great to have you on the podcast, and uh, uh, great to see you doing so many good things, not only in Tampa Bay, but obviously back home, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me, and Happy New Year to you both. You, um, you know, we mentioned the the, the foundation the, that you've had, and, and for people who aren't aware, obviously this was set up, um, in large part, um, you lost your dad to cancer and, and have kind of tried to find a way to turn um, a very difficult situation into a positive for many, many other people. Give us, give our listeners an idea how all this started. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Just um, kind of came up with the idea after, after uh, my family lost our dad uh, in 2013. Just wanted to come up with a way to uh, – just help other families out in a difficult time. Uh, our family was very fortunate and lucky to uh, not have any lifestyle changes. Uh, when my dad was sick, we were, uh, you know, he, 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 he budgeted well and, and was able to, you know, uh, pay medical bills and chemotherapy bills. The list goes on, you know what I mean? So uh, not a lot of families are um, fortunate or in that position. So uh, what we think the idea is that, um, if uh, families are, you know, going through that, we want to raise money to help them out in any way we can. Uh, small example so far is we are helping a husband and father who's going through treatment uh, pay pay some bills uh, on his mortgage right now. So uh, it's just it's cool, very cool to see the money being put to use. Uh, the first couple years, obviously, we needed to get our feet wet with uh, the foundation and get it getting it going. But now now that we've uh, raised, uh, you know. Not not at our goal, but a substantial uh, amount of money to be able to help our, our families. It's uh, it's very rewarding and uh, just humbling to be able to do that. And uh, that's that's what the foundation is for. Uh, we run it out of um, my lifelong gym and trainer. Uh, is it in my hometown, Upland here? Um, so he's very nice to uh, let us clear out the facility and put, we put a bunch of carnival games and food trucks come out and um, just. Kids, families buy tickets, come out, and I, I got a, a group of pro players, and we just, it's kind of like how the Rays do their fan fest, uh, just go out and, and uh, kind of interact with the, with the pro guys, and uh, yeah, it's fun playing games and, and, and all that, so you know the deal, but um, yeah, no, it, it's, very, it's very heartwarming to see it finally paying off and get put to use. 
you, you mentioned that where well, we mentioned this is the third year you're doing it, D Rob. How um, how much has it grown? How many more? You know, I, I would assume you're um, you're getting more people to attend. You're getting more players to participate. That, that you're seeing more interest year by year. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Like I said, the first definitely the first year. Uh, I mean, each each year so far we've had had a great turnout, um, but it, it's definitely grown uh, year to year. The first, I mean, the first one was kind of a trial run. We've we've expanded and built on it each year. Uh, I know I know the Rays have been nice to uh, contribute last year, and and they're doing a large part this year, uh, along with my agency. They've gotten way more involved as well, uh, as far as putting stuff together and coming up with new ideas and just uh, helping this thing grow. And uh, definitely, uh, as I've noticed as I've grown in my uh, professional career, um, uh, you know, I've made more connections with guys or, you know, and, and other pro players that are willing to dedicate their time to come out, um, you know, on the day of the event. So kind of uh, had a little more clout in that aspect as far as getting uh, some, some good names out and uh, kind of attracts a little more people. And uh, at the end of the day, it raises more money for what we're doing. So um, we, we try not to make it a, uh, autograph thing. It's more just come and, and enjoy some time with pro players, play games, interact, and uh, just, just you know have a good time and raise money in that aspect. So, yeah. And, and I know you've got. I mean, you've got some former teammates, current teammates, uh, big names. You mentioned Josh Hader was one of the names I, I saw on the on the list. The guys who who are going to be there. Um, do you also bring in um, families to the event who maybe? You know, have a family member who's dealing with cancer too, so it kind of puts a face oh, yeah. on it. No, absolutely. Uh, I know last year we had um, we had a, a couple uh, teenage girls, or they might be in their twenties now, but they had two teenage girls who who uh, you know dealt with cancer uh, in the past. Uh, we didn't we didn't help them out, um, you know, physically with our foundation, but it was uh, it was cool for for, uh, you know, to see people there who, who have beaten the disease and they kind of get to see what's going on and, uh, you know, kind of spread the word to other people and, uh, you know, kind of just follow, follow that kind of aspect, you know. So it, it's cool. It definitely is. Uh, I've had other family members as well or, or just people who know, know people, uh, you know, who's going through it. And it's cool that uh, you get firsthand experience of, of what we're doing and, and why we're raising the money. Can our um – Tampa Bay fans help in some way, whether it's, I mean, they may not be able to attend your event this weekend in California, but, Absolutely, you know, I know yeah. that they, they can buy tickets on your foundation site. Are there ways they can help? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, definitely it's in the works to, uh, to kind of, I've gotten so much um, feedback from, from the fans out in Tampa that, you know, they would attend if it was closer or I should do one out there. So, uh, in the near future, we're going to try, try to try to do an event out there for for the Rays fans and you know that that side of uh, the you know the country, I guess, for people out there. But um, you know, for now, I, we're just kind of still playing it out. You know, this is only the third year, so uh, you know we're going to do this this one in my hometown, and then like I said, move move forward with trying to, to figure out something to do out there for for the people out there. But for the time being, yes, you. Uh, very appreciative if if, if uh, you go on the website and there's a link where you can you can donate straight from their website. So uh, that's that's been a big hit as well, even for uh, people in my hometown that can't make it or you know uh, other ball players that are friends that that donate from afar. So uh, very cool, yeah. 
And, and the tickets to the event are, are a very nominal fee. It's just $10, and it's Daniel Roberts right. at FamilyFoundation.org. So it's a good way right. if you want to buy one or several tickets to the event. It's a nice way to help yeah, in some and, way. Uh, I love the yeah. I love the fact uh, that you're holding an event too, uh, eventually back in this area. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just to touch on that, there is also a link where you can make a donation for, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling. You don't have to just buy a ten dollar ticket. Um, there's a link as well where you can donate uh, whatever your heart desires. I guess. <laughs> so uh, yeah, pretty cool, cool stuff. It's all on the website there. That's awesome. You know, I think what's endeared you and so many uh, other raised players to fans is just, you know, the way you, you touch them on and off the field. Um, and I think probably the way that you touch probably so many fans during the course of the year is when you went to visit Joey Johnson uh, Jr. the day, you know, uh, after hitting that walk-off grand slam against the Marlins. Um, have you right. stayed in touch via text in the off offseason uh, with him? Yeah. I would assume that you're going to go see him once the season starts. Absolutely, yeah. Um, de- definitely been in touch uh, with his dad here and there. Um, and my, my mom, uh, he posts stuff on Facebook as well. So I don't, unfortunately don't have a Facebook, but my mom kind of keeps me posted on everything that's going on with that family. Um, you know, it, hopefully one day we can make it where um, you know it kind of just hit home with with our family as far as uh, people dealing with with cancer or other uh, illnesses. I would like to say that you know we could help out families just in need of of any you know medical bills or just tough times because a lot of families aren't aren't in that situation you know where where they uh they can something like that a tragic happens you know an example of joey johnson and then uh just to help out you know joey johnson senior and the family would uh would definitely be be a next step of of uh you know people under that that category so it's uh it's it's all you know trial and error and, and learning and growing and, and just trying to expand this thing as, as best we can throughout the years. Well, you're doing good work off the field, and you certainly did great work on it. I mean, when I was talking with Dave Wills earlier, I think we both agreed that, you know, before your injury, I mean, you can make an argument that along with Blake, um, you know, at least among the position players for sure, you, you could argue you were the MVP to that point in the season in terms of the value you brought. How did you look back at your 2018 season and How's your health right now? Yeah, no, uh, 2018 was was uh, miraculous. I accomplished a, a lot of things I, I didn't think I would be able to accomplish this soon in my career. And um, just uh, most importantly for me in 2018, uh, I just did a lot of work uh, day in and day out. I had a couple of peer teammates help me out um, just, just as far as expanding my, the, the mental side of the game. Um, you know, everyone says 90% mental, other 10% is whatever, but uh, it, it really is the mental side of it to the next level, um, especially right when I got hurt, um, you know, that day against the White Sox, I was I was really doing my due diligence just to, you know, take it one, one at bat at a time, one pitch at a time. I used to bury myself if I was, I was 0 for 2 in the day, not bury myself, but if I was 0 for 2 in the day, you know, a little panic comes in where, okay, third at bat, I got to get a hit right here. But I just kind of took it uh, upon myself to just take it one at bat at a time. Each, each at bat is a new at bat. Started reading a couple books. Like I said, talking to teammates. Matt Duffy helped me out really well with just the mental aspect of how to approach hitting. And I felt like that that, that was the biggest stride. And, um, you know, you're, you're always working day in and day out to improve the physical side, hitting, defense, you know, training in the off season. But, uh, 
a lot of people forget forget the other the, the mental part, and uh, I feel like that's that's definitely where I was uh, I was making strides. I felt in my game. Just uh, I felt like late in games, I was leading off innings, getting on base. Um, you know, just just no matter if I was four four or or zero for four, you know that that last at bat was still huge, trying to get a rally going. So just kind of little examples here and there like that. But uh, yeah, so just just still looking to improve on that and. Uh, and then uh, all the other stuff will will uh, fall into place with with the work you put in, and and uh, you know just staying humble and staying hungry and just uh, being there for your teammates and trying to win ball games at the end of the day. It's all we're doing, so it's fun. It's fun to be a part of. You got the young core, and definitely looking forward to 2019. Well, you have a lot of reason for excitement. I mean, uh, at this point, do you bring all the gloves with you to spring training? I mean, you were so good <laughs> at second, so good at short, third. I even yeah. thought you did a really good job in the outfield when you were there too. Do you kind of prepare for all of it in the offseason? Yeah. And is there any way yeah, you want definitely. to change your body at all? I mean, I thought you did a great job, kind of transforming yourself as you got ready for 18. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. Am, I am not in the process of trying to lose 20 pounds, so that's been nice. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, health health wise, everything's good. Something's good during workouts. The little bit of hitting I've done so far feels really good. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to, to bring, I actually, I left about six gloves in Florida, so that helped me out a little bit. Um, so I, I didn't have to bring them all home, but we're still, we're still out, uh, you know, getting work at every position. So, um, yeah, just ready, ready for whatever, uh, Kevin Cash throws at me in the front office. And, uh, like I said, just here trying to, to help the team win games, no matter which way I can, when you, when you slow it down and kind of break it down like that, um, it takes a little bit of pressure off yourself and uh, a little bit of anxiety off yourself as well, and you're just out there having fun uh, playing with your teammates. How much do you follow the off season with, you know, about six weeks to go, and how excited were you? Obviously there were some guys who, who the team moved on from, but bringing in a Charlie Morton, a guy who's finished off a championship series, a World Series, a guy in Mike Zanino who has not a good reputation but a great clubhouse reputation and can, you know, really help with the catching situation. Uh, what type of excitement level did that bring for you during this off season? I'm sure there were some mixed feelings in some of the moves that were made. Yeah, for sure. Um, you de- you definitely see it. You watch, especially when it when it's your own team making moves. And I know some other guys have said it out there um, this off season already. It's just exciting that the the front office is is, is uh, making the moves that they're making. You know, we obviously as players trust trust uh, their judgment and, and their decisions at the end of the day, and know that they're going to. Uh, put us all in the best position to be successful and to be able to win as a team. So uh, it's very exciting to see them see them making those pushes and, and getting guys like Zanino and and Morton, like a guy like Morton, where we don't have to face opening opening series. You know, we have them on our side now, so that's nice. Um, you know, it, it it is. It's very exciting. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're not done. Hopefully we get uh, that big that big bat that they're looking for. But but we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, I feel like uh, they obviously know what they're doing. Time, Eric. Uh, coaching staff, they all, you know, and we all we all trust uh, in their decisions and know that, like I said, that they're doing the best for uh, for uh, to put 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 us all in in the best position possible to be successful. So at the end of the day, it's all you can ask for is the, the opportunity like that and uh, knowing that they trust all all those young guys to come in and step up and uh, that's our job. So it's exciting. Well, I, I think you said it during spring training when all the moves were happening, and and yeah, I think you tweeted out there, hey. Uh, there are some really good players, and we're very capable. Just give it a chance; everything will turn out. 
front Absolutely. office believed in you guys. You guys believed in yourselves, and eventually things did turn out. And hopefully now that you know these additions, whatever is made going forward, and what's been made already, put the right ingredients yep. together and allow this team to take another step forward to grow. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely, definitely on that page. Yeah, I remember during spring when, when we were making some moves, I did try to just tell the people, hey, you know, we're, there's a plan, and let's just uh, let's trust it. And obviously, it worked out last year. And uh, obviously, there's been a couple other very surprising moves, but um, you know, all, all for the best interest. Obviously, it's uh, the business at the end of the day, and those players that have moved on will uh, will will find great opportunity in their their new destination. So it's. Uh, it's it, it, like I said. It, it's it's going to work out for everyone, and I think uh, the Rays community, the Tampa Bay area, St. Pete area, should be very excited and optimistic for 2019, as uh, as all of our players are for sure. Well, best of luck with the event uh, this weekend in California. I hope it's a, a tremendous success. Uh, appreciate um, you know the work you're doing on and off the field, and look forward to you being in uh, Port Charlotte for what will be the start of a very healthy 2019 season. Oh, yeah, looking forward to it. I appreciate uh, you guys reaching out and kind of promoting uh, my event and foundation and getting the word out there. And uh, like I said, uh, Tampa fans, hold on tight. We're, uh, we're going to try to get something done out that way too to uh, grow, the, grow the foundation and, and uh, just kind of spread the word a little more. But uh, hopefully you guys can uh, receive some video and some stuff that, that goes on. Uh, Sunday and, and uh, hopefully be able to find out who, who my mystery guest is as MLB Network <laughs> and some other people were interested to hear. So uh, we will stay tuned and keep you all posted, but I really appreciate it. You got it. That's Daniel Robertson. We appreciate him and Dave Wills being on our podcast. You can, of course, follow us too at raiseradio.nlblogs.com with the latest on race baseball. Thanks for being with us. We'll have another podcast soon, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.